It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by always, uh, as always by our good friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. They make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com uh, for online services and local store availability. Joining us now from Sports Illustrated, he's our good friend Chris Mannix. Hey, Chris, happy Wednesday. We're used to talking to you on Monday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, guys. Always days blend together anyway. Oh, man. Yeah, they do. Chris, how are you, you hanging on through all this? Are you, has it gotten to you at all, or have you gotten into a rhythm? I mean, I think the biggest issue I have, not to sound like this workout maven, but like gyms being closed, and, you know, I, I'm a you know half-assed boxer, so I go to like this boxing gym that I go to every day when I'm around my town. So, like, adjusting to that form of life is – been a challenge everything else i mean i mean i live alone so i'm good like it's the same the day-to-day is largely the same well chris let's talk about the the latest what do you think about some of the details emerging about the bubble it's in orlando maybe some families are going to be able to go we've also heard a number of uh, kind of reports or rumors i suppose about the format what's the latest in your mind yeah I, i don't think you know i wish i could be more specific on what the format's going to be but I'm really not sure when they're going to settle on it because, you know, I talk to a lot of people pretty much daily on this that are either involved or are connected to people that are involved. And the wants and needs of particular owners and, you know, franchises, even, you know, different people within franchises to a degree um, are, are very different. Like, you know, some people are adamantly want to have all 30 teams. Others just say just do the 16-team playoff. Finances are obviously a huge factor here because those those regional networks, they want their games, and there are, are serious financial ramifications for all that. So, you know, I, I believe that the NBA would like to have something to put forward on Friday. They've got the general manager's call on Thursday. They've got the board of governors meeting on Friday. They would like to put something forward. But, you know, somebody in the league office told me last night that, you know, we don't want to do what the NHL did. Like the NHL announced they were returning and offered no details at all, except for 24 teams. Everything else was basically in flux. The NBA would like to have something concrete to put forward. And, you know, to, to my knowledge, as of Wednesday afternoon, they were still working through a lot of different things. So, Chris, if memory serves, well, let me just uh, have you explain it to our listeners what format you prefer. Which do you think under these circumstances makes the most sense? Given that the NBA wants to crown a legitimate champion, I think going to 16 playoff teams is the way to go. Um, It does, in a way, you know, screw with Portland and Sacramento and New Orleans that were in the playoff mix, but it's not like any of those teams were half a game back. I mean, they were each three or three and a half games back of that final spot. So they were a decent distance away with a month to go in the season. Anything could have happened, of course, but I I, I think that's a sacrifice that that needs to be made to to get this thing done. So if you want to have, you know, best of seven series, which, you know, if you get started mid to late July, you're talking about playing until October anyway. Uh, you, you might as well just go with, with just the playoff teams and deal with the ramifications 
uh, later on. So if I had, you know, my say or my vote in all this, that's probably the direction I would go. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And it appears, Chris, uh, throughout uh, this whole process that the Players Association and the NBA have really been pulling in the same direction. Do you expect that to continue? Yeah, I do for the rest of this season and coming to terms on you know an equitable pay scale for the rest of this year. Uh, because players have already gotten more than 50% of their salaries, so you're not faced with the same dilemma that baseball is dealing with right now. I mean, baseball seems like they're, you know, on the cusp of, of kind of Armageddon when it comes to players versus uh, owners and, and the proposals that are flying back and forth. Um, it, basketball's not going to have that problem right now. Down the road, they certainly could. I mean, if we're into October and this pandemic is still raging and it doesn't seem like fans are any closer to getting back into the stands for games than they are right now, you know, there, there's going to be some some tense meetings between Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts, between ownership and the union. Uh, but for right now, I, I'm pretty confident that the finances won't be an overriding factor. There, there, there certainly will be some some back and forth. But uh, you know, given that, as you said, they, they do seem to be sort of swimming in the right direction. Uh, I think for this year, they'll be okay. Chris, how bad a look is that for, say, baseball, like you talked about? It's just a horrible look, given the backdrop of what our country is going through right now. It's so stupid, and it's so greedy, and, you know, there's blame on both sides. I mean, I, for some reason in this country, we are reflexively want to side with billionaire owners over millionaire players. I don't really know why, but that, that's always the case. But, you know, both these sides look, look terrible. I mean, there should be... A transparent audit, um, you know, a impartial audit of exactly how much revenue is lost, you know, by uh, having no fans in the stands and people be paid accordingly. I mean, players shouldn't be underpaid and owners make more money and owners shouldn't be swimming in red ink. I mean, they own these teams and for a lot of them, you know, they own the, the, the stadiums that these games are played in. They're losing out on concert revenue. I mean, there's a lot of financial implications when it comes to you know, owning a team in a stadium at this point in, in, in world history. So I, it's, just, it's just bad. Like, come up with a, a solution. You're going to lose an enormous amount of money no matter what. Just find a way to make it work for one year and then go back to the regular system next year where hopefully uh, the world has, has kind of righted itself. Chris, uh, switching gears, wanted to get your thoughts on the passing of uh, longtime jazz coach Jerry Sloan. Yeah, I mean, I had a chance briefly to cover Jerry early in my career, and it was always – just I mean, people know this about Jerry. Like, he, he was every man. Like, he'd be the only coach in the NBA that would eat in the press room, and he'd sit there and have his dinner and sit with his assistant coach, with Phil Johnson, and, and just kind of hang out and rip with people that would come around him. This was like an hour and a half for every game. Like, it was, it was really just kind of fun to watch, and – you know, it, it's amazing looking back at his history. I mean, the guy never won a coach of the year, never won a championship, but you can't make any list of the great coaches in basketball history without including Jerry Sloan. And, you know, look, I, I think that for every coach, you know, circumstances, are, uh, they, they certainly matter. And Jerry, I think, benefited greatly from having two stars in Stockton and Malone that were as no-nonsense and hard-nosed as him. And you guys saw at the end when Darren Williams was there, Darren and Jerry didn't, didn't mix like that. That was one of the reasons Jerry walked at the end of his time uh, in, in Utah. But for the bulk of his career, he had these two, you know, just you know, lay it all on the line type of guys in Stockton Malone. That's what made that group uh, so special. 
Chris, inherent in bringing the game back is the idea of testing. These guys are going to have to be tested quite frequently. And this has been a concern that you've brought up in the past as far as the perception of it. Has it have, has our country gotten to the point now where there are enough tests for the NBA to be able to buy up all these uh, deals and, and, and to use them in order to bring that game back? I mean, the country's not where it needs to be, but I think it's where it needs to be for the NBA to do that. Um, you know, there has been, and you guys are seeing it on in your part of the country, and I'm seeing it in the Northeast, that, you know, the testing is getting better. It's more available. And, you know, asymptomatic testing has become, it becomes more readily available every single day. Antibody testing is readily available. I know friends and family members have had antibody testing as asymptomatic uh, people. So all this, you know, all these circumstances add up to, it being okay for the NBA to go out there and buy 20,000 tests and spend the money they need to spend to, to have enough for themselves. I, I, just, I think we're at the point where it's not going to look like the NBA is hoarding them because we're having the same conversation with the NHL, and I'm not seeing or reading any blowback there about the NHL hoarding them. And, look, it certainly helps that you have you know, the White House you know, insisting that sports comes back and that there's not going to be any blowback from them either. Uh, so I, I do think, long way of saying, I think we're we're at that point where testing is not a hurdle, at least not acquiring testing is not a hurdle for the NBA to overcome. Chris, thank you as always for jumping on with us. And hey, fingers crossed that Monday when we talk to you again, we have some kind of ironclad plan news to talk about. Yeah, I hope so. I think that Friday is a, is a major day in, in the NBA's recurrent history. If they come out with a concrete plan on Friday, I think we're back in business mid-July, but if they're still kind of twiddling their thumbs and dealing with uncertainty, uh, we could have a different conversation on Monday. You know, Chris, one other thing. A man of your means, I think you need to buy a bunch of gym equipment and bring it straight home and just work out there. Yeah, one of my gyms actually drops stuff off, but I'm still just lazy at my house. Like, I sit there and I've got, like, you know, whatever Netflix is showing. Now you get HBO Max, like all these things, streaming services, I mean, now I'm just, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. You're the man. You got it, guys. That's our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated, your daily assist here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Usually Chris joins us on Mondays, but of course because of the Memorial Day weekend, he was nice enough to uh, jump on with us on Wednesday this week. Of course, Sam Amick coming up tomorrow and Howard Beck on Friday. Do you agree with him that uh, we're to the point now where the blowback would be minimal as far as the testing goes? It, it would certainly appear that way. Um, and I don't think uh, any of these leagues would proceed unless they were pretty confident that they weren't going to get that, that blowback. So uh, I, I imagine they've, they're, they're treading cautiously. Um, but, I mean, you pointed out yesterday we still don't have testing for all Americans. And if that's the standard, it's going to take a long time to get there. So uh, apparently we're to a place where these leagues are, are comfortable that they won't get the, the negative uh, press. And I haven't, uh, I'm with Chris. I haven't seen any yet. Have you? Uh, I've heard it brought up, but I haven't seen it in any formal way. You know, it'd be picture it this way, Jake. Let's say, and and I'm hoping this happens. Let's say a vaccine is developed that's effective, and if if that if we were at that point in time now, would you be all for given if there were a limited supply of that vaccine? Would you? How would you feel about giving that to professional athletes so they could compete and entertain everybody, uh, even though it weren't available to everyone? Um, I don't know, Gordon. I, I'm not sure. 
Uh, I'm not sure if I'm equipped. It's a hypothetical. I know, I but, know. But, 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 but it, but it uh, makes the same point uh, in some ways. But obviously the, that vaccine should go to the, the most uh, – where it would do the most good immediately and, uh, and then work its way out from there. But, you know, I mean, people – People are hungry for sports. They want to see sports. But sports will, won't be able to come back to its full glory until, until this menace is taken care of via that kind of solution. And uh, I'm hopeful for that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not so sure. Uh, I, I'm not sure what standard they're going to operate on under, you know, going into the future. I mean, we're, we're going to find out as, as this goes along. Uh, I don't, you know. Uh, I, the problem with talking about vaccines is there's no date or even assured assurity that there's going to be one. So I think it'll be interesting to see how we all proceed. Um, I, I get your point about the vaccines and the tests. Uh, there's probably a, a pretty accurate comparison there. And I don't know how I feel uh, about the concept of NBA players being prioritized over your average American. Probably not the best, but I also think that it does America very good to have industries come back, including sports. So uh, I don't know. A little, little conflicted there. I do know which direction we're headed. And uh, if, I, if I'm uncomfortable with it, you know, I probably send Adam, uh, Adam Silver an email or, or write my congressman or something. I don't know. But it, it appears like that's the direction we're going. Well, if you have a strong opinion, Jake, don't sit on your hands, man. Make your voice heard. Um, you know what? I, 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 I really don't. I don't have. I guess that's what I'm saying. I think it's a, it's a really delicate issue. If I, you know, felt really strongly about it, I let me put it this way: if if this were two months ago and people with three out of four symptoms weren't getting a test, mm-hmm. then I would think it would be a really big issue. But as Chris pointed out right there. Uh, and it would appear to be true in our community as well. I mean, if you want to get a test and you tell them you got a, a scratchy throat, they're going to give it to you. They're just not to the point yet where they can say every American should get tested. They're just not there. So right. we're in that weird gray area where, you know, Gordo, if you wanted to get a test today, you could probably get one. Whereas the, the as you were talking about, the asymptomatic uh, person is maybe the most dangerous of all. But if you're asymptomatic and you want to get a test, you could probably get one. Yeah, I hope so. I hope we're to that point. Oh, I I 100% think think we are. I mean, I I know somebody uh coast to coast. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm here yeah. in Utah. I'm not I'm not going to speak for Hoboken, New Jersey. Uh, but I I you know, I think if you're asymptomatic, like let me put it this way, if if you're uh, in the same household as somebody who shows a symptom, then you have the ability to get tested even though you're asymptomatic. I hope so. I hope there's enough for everybody. Well, that's true. Everybody who feels like they need to. That's true in our community. That's true right now. Yeah, here. But uh, I wonder what it is because the NBA is so far flung around the country um, and and the communities they represent. You hope that would be the case wherever they come from as far as the communities go. Well, in this case, it only it, it would be the opinion of the state of Florida, right? And they seem fine with it. Yeah, but I mean the representation of it, the perception of it. I mean, if the community that a team represents and normally plays in, if it is suffering and not having enough tests to have that te- to have that team on TV getting tested on a daily basis, that would be that would get back to that 
bad look. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.